to Enhance the UK's Undressing Disability podcast, where we strip back all things taboo on sex and disability. Hello and welcome to the Undressing Disability podcast. Today we are going to be talking about something a little bit different and doing things a little bit different. We have decided that we want to run a campaign on sexual violence and disability. And the reason that we want to run this campaign is because it's very close to our heart. Our deputy CEO, Claire Holland, has experienced sexual violence. And it's something that Claire hasn't actually spoken about um, publicly before. And it came to the point where she decided that she she did want to speak about it. So we um, decided as an organisation, we wanted to work and support Claire. So Claire is on this podcast and um, and you've decided that you do want to and you're happy using your name, which has been a big decision for you. So so welcome, Claire. Hi. Yes, I am happy to use my name. Um, and it has been a big decision because not only have I not ever spoken about this publicly, I mean, I just haven't spoken about this um, at all previously. So it's um, it's a big thing for me. I know. And I really and, and I think I really appreciate it. And I know that our listeners will really appreciate it as well, because it's something that really needs to be spoken about. Now, before we get into talking about what happened, are you able just to give people a bit of background about your disability? Yeah, of course. I am um, profoundly deaf. I was born deaf um, and um, I my hearing uh, decreased as I got older. I was profoundly deaf in both ears by the time I was like early teens. Uh, I've never had any hearing in my right ear, so I've never really been able to hear very well at all. I also use sign language um, as well as speaking. And I think it's really important to note that actually all of my family are hearing and certainly didn't know anybody uh, when I was very young who was deaf as well. So um, at the time, when I was much younger, it was quite an isolating experience. Um, and as I've got older, I have found the deaf community, which has been an absolute godsend for me, to be honest. So I'm going to really be led, normally on a podcast, you interview someone and you, and you have a chat, but actually we're going to probably do things a little bit differently this time because it's such a personal thing. And I want you to be able to tell your story in your way and, um, and as much as you feel comfortable um, to. So do you want to start wherever you feel comfortable starting? Well, um, okay. Yeah. I mean, I think it's important to, to be very clear that what I experienced was um, intimate partner violence um so that was uh, a previous partner a long-time partner of mine a good few years ago now um who was violent um and that wasn't just sexually violence just to be clear that was also emotional physical as well as sexual violence um and it's really strange because i've spoken about the emotional and i've spoken about the physical but I have never spoken about the sexual violence that I um, that, that that happened. There's a real shame for me around that, actually. 
um, uh, which is ridiculous because as a adult and uh, very much in a different headspace now, I know that I was in no way, shape or form to blame, but I was incredibly ashamed of what happened and didn't report it or tell anybody at the time and just tolerated it. Um, so yeah, um, it really started with that partner, um, as a lot of domestic or, or intimate partner violence does with small things. It didn't start as, you know, uh, a big, a big thing or a physical altercation. It started off with being a little bit abusive, a little bit rude, a bit swearing at me, calling me names, things like that. And then it, it just slowly progressed really from name calling to, um, really more emotional things such as telling me how lucky I was that I was with him that nobody else would want me that I was um not good enough that I should be grateful and I believed him you know I did I had such low self-worth at the time probably linked to my deafness really um and things that had happened before that in my childhood that actually I believed but I was lucky to have him and my first boyfriend would also be violent. So it wasn't, it wasn't anything new for me at the time. Um, but it slowly progressed and it got worse. And really the sexual violence was, was started off with more what I call co coerced sex. Um, oh, come on. I need it. You know, the, you know, you, you I have needs, you know, you need to fill my, fulfill my needs, you know, you're lucky to have me, come on, you, I need to give me what I want, those kind of things. Uh, and then it started kind of a little bit more, you know, touching me when I didn't want to be touched, pushing hands down my knickers when I didn't want that to happen, things like that. And every time I said anything, I was basically gaslighted, you know, it was, what are you talking about? This is what we do, you know, just because you're young, you know, you, you should be lucky, uh, and then it moved from coerced sex to forced sex. Um, and, yeah, of course I said no. Of course I tried to fight. And then you realise it's just not going to stop, so you just stop fighting. And, and and then you get, well, then I got, I shouldn't speak for others, really kind of, ashamed of myself because I felt I had let that happen um although I tried to stop it and it happened on several occasions and after each time he behaved like nothing had happened and that I was just making a mountain out of a molehill and he would make comments such as either what he thought or what I thought at the time was really nice such as oh but it's because you're so gorgeous it's because I find you so sexy I just can't help myself to what are you crying about? Man up. You know, this is, this is, this is what we do. This is, I have needs. That's, if you don't, not going to provide me. Um, I'll go and find someone else who will. And you're not going to find anyone else. So it pretty much is me or no one. And, um, yeah, I, I tolerated it and I tolerated it and I was hurt. And I lied about how I got hurt. I couldn't go to a doctor's because I would have to be honest about what had happened. I had to call in sick at work um, because I couldn't physically sit down. I was so badly ripped. Things like that. Um, and, and yeah, 
Um, I'd like to say it was the sexual violence that made me leave him in the end, but actually it wasn't. It was the, um, the physical violence more, actually, and the threats to kill me. Um, and actually he knocked me unconscious one time and actually thought he had killed me. Um, and it was the threat of dying and actually not only me, but also my son that made me leave. Um, and it's really strange because I am a very confident, assertive woman and the violence itself has made me, I would say, a much stronger individual. I think coming to terms with my deafness and really kind of appreciating who I am as a person and realising that it's a good thing about me. It makes me who I am. It makes me stronger, you know, has really helped me with my self-confidence. And from that and being involved in the deaf community and so forth has really given me a, a positive self-identity. But it's really strange because the violence as a whole, we were talking about this the other day, do I consider myself, uh, and when I say talk about this the other day, I meant actually I want to do this podcast, um, I'm happy to talk about it, do I consider myself a victim or a survivor? Uh, I couldn't answer that question, I still can't. Uh, and the reason I can't answer it is because I just don't think about it. It's almost like it's in a box in the back of my head. And, and that's how I've coped with the whole the whole thing. Unfortunately, I for me, that hasn't been a good coping mechanism at all. Because I do think about it. And it makes me incredibly sad and very, very emotional. And I'm talking many years later. And that's why I decided that really I needed to kind of address this head on and really speak about it. And really address how I feel and realise actually I don't have anything to be shameful of and I shouldn't feel ashamed for talking about what happened and I mean it's okay for me to be honest about this because if I can't be honest and I work for Enhance the UK and we're doing a campaign about this how can I encourage other disabled women to go out there and really talk about and disclose and go to the police and seek assistance when I didn't and so that's why I decided it was it was really important to talk about it. Um, I've worked with you for a lot of years now, a long time, and um, and it's it's incredibly um, it's incredibly difficult to to because I'm looking at you. We're recording this on Zoom, so I'm looking at you, and I can see how upset you are. And um, I'm so sorry that that happened to you. That's the first thing I want to say. Thank you. And I know, and I know um, how hard you work and how much you're always pushing yourself to prove a point that you work hard and that you're worthy. And there's something that's, um, that's deeply affected you through negative things that have been said to you in over since a child about your deafness and about your disability. And the one amazing, beautiful thing that's, that's come from that is how you are now educating people about being proud of your deafness 
and about how you identify as a deaf woman and what that means to you and how that shaped you. And you're the hardest working person I've ever met in my life, you know, and one of the most intelligent women that I've ever met in my life. But people think about strong women and we think of strong as it being, you know, something never happening, bad, something bad ever happening to us. And that's not what strong is. You know, strong is about being able to share and ask for help and talk about these things. And the fact that you're able to do that now and share your story is is huge. And I just as your as your colleague, but more importantly, as your friend, I want to thank you for doing this because I know how hard it's how hard it's been. Is there anything that you feel that you because it's obviously not just women, there are men out there as well that, you know, at the in the hands of sexual violence. And we're specifically looking uh, at people with disabilities, disabled people. Is there anything that you would like to kind of say to them off the back of what you've experienced? You are worthy. You are worthy. Your, your, your disability doesn't make you unworthy. It doesn't make you a lesser person. Your disability is an integral part of who you are and you are worthy. And do you know what? Once I'd left him, once I kind of realised and really kind of realised that actually it's not a negative part of me, I he was so wrong. I have, you know, a, a husband that really does adore me um, and he loves me so much and it would never, ever dream of hurting me. Um and yet all the little comments that people made to me all through the years, they were like lots of little cuts that just wound you and wound your soul. Um, I know it's really hard sometimes for me to kind of say, it's you know, it sounds really easy about developing your own self-esteem. It's not that easy because if it was, we would all have great self-esteem, wouldn't we? But nobody deserves to be treated badly. Nobody deserves to experience domestic violence or sexual violence from anybody know your self-worth you are worth more than that and if anybody does experience any kind of sexual violence please do report it I didn't and was that the right decision I don't think it was there are so many ways, so many organisations out there and people that you can speak to. 20 odd years, really, of not talking about it. Um, it You can box it up, you can put it in the back of your mind, but it's there. Um, so seek support, seek help. Um, and yeah, that's it, really. And I just want to say to any of our listeners, you know, if you are experiencing anything at the moment and you're you know struggling to get in contact or you're worried about access um and contacting organizations then please do get in contact with us and we will help signpost you um to the right to the right organization and the right the right people so um and this is a big reason why we're doing this because we recognize that just going and accessing sometimes um services isn't isn't that easy we we do recognise that, so we are absolutely here here to support you, and um, and I want to say again, Claire, thank you so much for sharing your your experiences. I know this was not easy, and I know it's a big decision. And you mentioned your husband, and everybody is in the world is jealous of your husband because he's so uh, 
he is loving he's caring he's everything um he's everything and he's a, he's a wonderful guy um and you deserve that you deserve that you deserve to be adored and, and cherished thank you thank you for sharing and everybody out there please keep safe and we're here if you need us Bye.